0: Welcome and thanks for listening to the sermon podcast from First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu. There are so many challenges in life, some big, some small. You don't have to take them all on by yourself. First Pres Senior Pastor Dan Chun makes that point with this sermon, A Community That Counts.
1: Hi everybody, sorry I haven't been with you for a while. It's great to see you all chatting there. I disappeared for a short study leave. Um, to take an online course with a university on sustainability leadership for the 21st century. I'm learning what does sustainability mean for our church and for our 246-acre property. I mean, how can our church be more green? I'm learning what it means for us to be change agents, to bring the gospel to a world that might not trust a church. I'm learning about what kind of adaptive leadership we will need for a constantly changing world. And indeed, our world is changing. 9-11 made us change. COVID-19 makes us change. Racial strife makes us change. Computer hacking makes us change. The environment is changing with pollution. In November, we will either choose new leadership for our country, state, and city, Or maintain the leadership we have and that will take us more deeply on their policies. Either way there will be change. And so what will help us sustain ourselves that we might be healthy and fulfilled? How can we use change for our benefits so that what should knock us off our feet actually focuses and empowers us in ways we would not have known had the change not come? There are horrible things that have happened due to covid friends family sick or dying outside behavior curtailed huge economic loss but there is at least one good thing about covid it has forced us into a new way of looking at what community really means but first let me read the bible passage for today Turn to your Bibles. It's from the Gospel of Mark, the second chapter, the first 12 verses. And so here's what it says. You can look at it here, too. When Jesus returned to Capernaum several days later, the news spread quickly that he was back home. Soon the house where he was staying was so packed with visitors that there was no more room, even outside the door. While he was preaching God's word to them, four men arrived carrying a paralyzed man on a mat. They could bring him to Jesus because of the crowd. They couldn't bring him to Jesus because of the crowd, so they dug a hole through the roof above his head. Then they lowered the man on his mat right down in front of Jesus. Seeing their faith, Jesus said to the paralyzed man, My child, your sins are forgiven. But some of the teachers of religious law who were sitting there thought to themselves, What is he saying? This is blasphemy. Only God can forgive sins. Jesus knew immediately what they were thinking. So he asked them, Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, Your sins are forgiven? Or, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. So, I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, and go home. And the man jumped up, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. They were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen anything like this before. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So one of the not so great things about COVID is that we can't worship in person quite yet. True bummer. We so long to be back together, but how can we make lemonade out of this lemon of a situation? It's this. This is a time for us as a congregation to really bear down and all of us get into a small group of people who would regularly meet, whether in person in a socially distant way or on Zoom, or on the phone to support, and pray, and listen, and serve, and encourage one another. To be like the five friends in our story, tight, supportive, affirming, who have each other's backs. This has always been a goal of our church, to be a church made up of many smaller communities, many small groups. We can meet as a large group in corporate worship, and we will someday. But even a human body is made of smaller cells. The the benefits of a smaller cell group are immense. And we see that in our Bible passage today. Imagine with me, how tight could this group of five friends be that they would choose to help a disabled brother to get healing? Let's read between the lines. No one would help a brother like that unless you really knew him unless you had compassion, unless you cared and probably had witnessed the difficulty had in life. They were five friends, five friends who had formally or informally made a pact that they would encourage and support one another. Some friends are so intimate that they say they will be your pallbearers at each other's funeral. Uh, Some watching today might say, I wish I even had that many friends Who would be my pallbearer. But today could be the beginning of finding that group, not literally, but to find a group of people who would be with you unto death. In our Bible passage, what can we learn about these four friends who are bringing their friend to Jesus? Well, point one, they will not desert a friend who is in need. The man on the stretcher is disabled. We don't know if he was paralyzed through an injury or an illness, but these friends will not let him go or let him down. Well, they literally let him down later, but they are not going to abandon him. And I wonder if they spent countless years praying with him, talking story with him, countless years trying to encourage him, countless seasons researching the ways to help him. I mean, this group was close. When I have been in small groups, we become very close. We, in a sense, carry each other like the four friends through sickness, emotional burdens, financial difficulties, and fears, and doubts, and faith. And small groups can be like a a regular pit stop needed in a long marathon race. And whether weekly or monthly, it was desperately needed to put in the fuel of faith into our tanks of life. So... Point two is, second, they were friends who loved unconditionally. Now think of this, the paralytic couldn't do anything for the four. He couldn't make them a meal, couldn't weave them a basket or construct a chair, but they loved him anyway. A friend is, is one who is not looking for what you can do for me, but what I can do for you. And I bet they were always looking for ways to make his life better. And so when they heard the stories or rumors or the tweets of people saying there's a man named Jesus of Nazareth who was in town in Capernaum, and they heard he could heal people, they must have immediately sent out their ancient texts on their iPhone, their Israeli phone, and texted each other to say, let's all meet at our paralyzed friend's house, and then let's take him to Jesus. And then we learn what real community does. Not only do they meet regularly with one another, not only do they support one another, but the next step is amazing. They are willing to be embarrassed and sacrifice for one another. Whether it's money for the repair of a roof or reputation or status. The four friends pick up their disabled friend and head over to what turns out to be Peter's mother-in-law's house it was probably a long walk, carrying a friend who might have been heavy, like in the movie Dunkirk, if you saw that, you know, the, the, here's a picture of the two guys carrying a stretcher from that movie Dunkirk. And it could have been tiring carrying a friend on a stretcher for long distances, but they did it even if their bodies ached and they could feel their muscles, their ligaments, their tendons stretching also painfully. And they get to the house where Jesus is, and what do they see? The ancient Palestinian house was flat roofed, not like ours today which is like more pointy, it might have had a, a slight tilt for rain runoff, but mostly flat. But the rooftop was basically beams laid from wall to wall and the space between the beams was packed and packed with twigs and hardened clay mortar. And imagine the five friends arriving in the house where Jesus is teaching, and the house is completely full. I mean, people seated and standing room only in there, breathing, sweating, spreading their droplets in an unmasked crowd. Mamma mia! No Perel, no Clorox wipes, no hand spray. People jammed in to see Jesus. No possible way for the five friends to get in to see Jesus. But... Community means creativity in service, adaptive leadership, pivoting, change management. And so the four thought about what could we do to get our friend in to see the man? It was then that one of them may have said, you know, I I know, let's go on top of the roof and rip a hole large enough to lower our friend right in front of Jesus. And then, and then he might get healed. And they all said, yeah, yeah, great idea, let's do that. Now the homes back then (laughs) often had a side stairwell to get to the top, kind of like an ancient fire escape. So they said, let's do it, Imua, go for broke for our buddy. But right then, maybe their disabled friend was saying, Hey gang, hey gang, hey, no, don't, 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 don't do that. I'll be the center of attention. This is embarrassing, guys. Guys, are you listening to me? and maybe they weren't as they headed for that side-outside stairwell. Maybe one saw some rope nearby, and they picked it up, and up they went to the roof, and now they're using their bare hands to tear away the twigs, the branches, the mortar, the hardened clay, and maybe they got their hands, their hands are getting bloodied and swollen, but they have got to get their friend to Jesus, and now the hole is getting bigger and bigger and bigger, but it's got to be large enough, think about this, for a man on a stretcher. Meanwhile, inside, on that maybe hot Middle Eastern day, the twigs, the clay, the debris, and dust is falling onto Jesus. And the people inside, because they are so sweaty, is sticking to them, to their faces, their arms, their clothes, their beards, and also the men's beards. That's a joke. Then the four friends lower their disabled friend down, down and down. And they're yelling to each other, keep your side up, keep it level, no, higher, higher. No, you put your corner too low, low, our friend is gonna slip off and onto Jesus. A little higher, a little higher, a bit more over this way. And then finally, they softly, oh so gently, place their buddy right in front of Jesus. The eagle has landed one small step in lowering a man, one giant leap for friendship and humankind. And now up on their roof, they are high-fiving themselves, thinking they're so smart, so victorious, and are we great friends or what? And when Jesus looked up through the dust and spotlight of sun beaming in, he looked up and saw their faith. And then he, then he looked at the disabled man and said, my child, your sins are forgiven. And the four guys up on the roof are saying, I say what? I say what? No, 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 not sins forgiven. He's supposed to be healed. And then they start bickering with each other, like a bad Three Stooges or a Dumb and Dumber movie. Hey, I told you, you were just lowering him. Wouldn't you be clear enough when you were lowering him to yell to Jesus, we want our buddy to be healed? So wait, we could have put a sign on him, you know, like hashtag heal me now, but no, you decided to say nothing. Did you hear Jesus say his sins were forgiven? We blew it. We didn't want a spiritual answer. We wanted a physical answer. Okay. So let's like grab the rope. Let's bring him back up. Great that his sins were healed. But that wasn't the point, Jesus. I mean, sins are forgiven, but the drama gets more confusing because meanwhile, inside the house, um, our, inside the house are cameras like cut to the Pharisees and those religious leaders, teachers of the law, who did get the point, And they were thinking and said to themselves, wait a minute, wait a papaya picking minute. Only God can forgive sins. Hey, this Jesus, who does he think he is? I mean, only God can forgive people's sins. And Jesus, being Jesus, the ultimate mind reader, knew what they were thinking in their hearts. And he turns to them and says, this, as we can read it in Mark 2, 8 to 11. Why do you question this in your hearts? Is it easier to say to the paralyzed man, your sins are forgiven, Or, stand up, pick up your mat, and walk. And now, maybe the religious leaders are thinking, wow, like, how do we answer that? Forgiving sins is tough, but healing a man is hard. Wow, tough question, Jesus. Either way, like, how do we answer? And then Jesus, who likes to call himself the Son of Man, because even though he's God, he likes to hang out on our level, He says, so I will prove to you that the Son of Man has the authority on earth to forgive sins. Then Jesus turned to the paralyzed man and said, stand up, pick up your mat, go home. And the man jumped up, yes, jumped up, and then bent down, grabbed his mat, and walked out through the stunned onlookers. He was so happy. Maybe he like strutted out, coming through, coming through, man. That's me. I'm healed now. I'm bad. I'm bad. Wasn't bad, but now I'm bad. And his four friends were up on the roof thinking, wow, that was weird. But we did it. It worked. In the house and outside the house, the Bible says they were all amazed and praised God, exclaiming, we've never seen nothing like this before. So, in this story, we see the amazing mighty force of a small group. They're willing to sacrifice and help and serve one another. And since we can't meet as a huge church together, use this time to find, to join a small group and to make, or make your present small group go deeper. Maybe a life group to serve others. Years ago, we actually had a small group of men who had a disabled man in their group named Bill. He, he suffered from ALS, also known as Lou Gehrig's disease, and they met weekly for years. I think it was like 10 years. Every Friday morning. In fact, they called it their Friday at Bill's meeting. I can't remember all of the guys who met, but some of them were... I believe Ken Roberts, and Royal Freeling, Bruce Patterson, Doug Stiles, Kimo Austin, and Don Fancher. Sometimes these men even took Bill to the beach, or to the store, once they traveled to Molokai together. How cool was that? And none of this was easy, because Bill needed total help, and he was a big guy. Once they had to put Bill in the back of a truck with the other guy so it was easier to move him and disembark from the truck, they built pulleys and and a track to move him. A community that counts. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, that's what I'm talking about. A spiritual small group. They met for at least 10 years and then Bill died. So they didn't meet at his house anymore. But now, before we end this talk, It would be crazy if we miss out on the most important part of the story. The point of the small group, the point of the four friends was not purely just that they were friends as a horizontal community. No, the point of the group is that they're going also vertical. They were trying to get one another close to Jesus who had divine power. They were going for healing. They're going to experience His love. And that is the point of our small groups. We are trying to get each other, not just close to one another, but to Jesus. Why Jesus? Because he can heal us spiritually, forgiveness of sins, emotionally, and maybe physically. And whether in large worship or in small groups, we need to always pray for Jesus's presence and healing every time we meet. We want to experience God every time we meet, not just talk about him, but actually miraculously experience his presence. We want to always make space for God in our midst. But more importantly, because Jesus is God, we want to know him as God. And only God can forgive our sins. Do you know the feeling of when you have done something wrong and yet you know, there is God who forgives and says, okay, you've blown it, you're forgiven, and now get back up on your feet. Do you know how freeing that can be? It's when we make space for God, we can confess our sins and feel the refreshing feeling that our sins are forgiven. Only Jesus can do that. And we want small groups that are safe enough that we can talk about our failures, our failures, faults, our our foibles, we have permission to do that. And we can say, to be honest, I'm struggling with that too. And then we remind each other of God's forgiveness. Jesus died on a cross to take all of our sins. And there will be times when we feel we have to pay the price for what we've done. Now, on one hand, if we steal, we go to jail and yeah, we pay the price. But when it comes to God, He will not add his punishment unto human punishment. We deserve his judgment, but he refrains and forgives that we might live better lives and feel the relief that comes from his forgiveness. And we all need forgiveness, all of us. Don't miss out on the point that even a paralyzed man who couldn't steal or rob or do any action of Apart from his mat, even he needed forgiveness. There's something about our hearts, our attitudes, our self-centeredness, our prejudices that always needs forgiveness. That disabled dude in the story, he's us. We may not be paralyzed, but we can be frozen in fear at times. Maybe COVID is doing that to us, or finances, or an illness, or a relationship. We can be paralyzed due to an emotional burden, maybe an addiction or something similar to a PTSD experience. You see, the point is, we as a church just don't do small groups to just visit with one another. No, they should point to Jesus. When things are tough or confusing as they are now, we want someone in command who is the man who will understand, who will give us a hand, who takes our no and says can so it says, Pastor Dan, yeah, okay, I'm watching Hamilton on Disney+. Plus. I'm, I'm dreaming and thinking in and rap. And, but this is Jesus who heals, yes, and forgives our sin and who affirms our faith no matter what the rap is on our lives. Now, one of the points of the Bible passage is, is that when Jesus saw the faith of the four friends, he responded, he saw their faith. Don't miss that. He saw their faith in action. And sometimes we are scared to come to Jesus because we think we're not good enough or spiritual enough or smart enough, but it's not about you. When we do healing services, people can be nervous when they come up for prayer thinking, well, my faith is is really small, but it has nothing to do with your faith. It has to do with the faith of the other people who are praying this passage underlines that truth if your faith is weak the combined faith of a small group covers for you and leads you carries you lifts you up towards jesus but i should point out the four friends had a strong faith that jesus could heal but it's possible they didn't have perfect faith because they may have even been surprised that jesus could heal They may have thought there are a lot of healers in the world, but they might not have fully known that Jesus was actually God, as this was one of his first public miracles, and not many people fully understood, including the disciples who, all who, they were always around Jesus. So when a small group comes together, it's not that they necessarily have strong faith or accurate faith, but together, as long as they're trying to get to Jesus to understand him more, then they're on the right and best journey. A small group of maybe just five friends may be individually weak, but together it's like five logs on a, on a uh, on a fire. It's like a coil of wire that is tightly wound that causes more heat. It's like five sticks of dynamite together. It's, it's, uh, it's more dunamis, which is Greek for power, where we get the word dynamite. Five matches have more fire than one match. Together as five friends, that had, they had enough faith to move to Jesus to show them his power. Five friends can cover for one another's doubt. Five friends can cover for one's disability. Five friends can stand by you when you have lost a loved one. Five friends can help you when there are financial difficulties. Five friends can support you when there are friends or family discord. If you've never been in a small group that meets regularly for fellowship and encouragement and support and service, know it can be life-changing. It can be transformative. I know some of you may have had a bad experience in a small group, but this is the time to consider trying it again. Our staff can help you find a new one. Call the office, write us, email us. Basically, a small group is just a small number of people. It could be five, maybe a little larger, ten, in which you just meet regularly to fellowship, share what's going on, draw close to Jesus by reading the Bible, talking about a passage, praying for one another. Now more than ever a small group is important for us to keep in contact with other followers or seekers of Jesus. And you know, every week our senior staff meets in small groups and we basically just ask forth questions, for things that since the last time we met, what was the best thing that happened? What was the worst thing? What is something you are dreading and what is something you're, you're looking forward to? And that's it. What's the best thing that happened the last week, the worst thing? What is something you dread that is coming up? And what is something you're looking forward to? There's so much power in meeting and sharing faith and encouraging and comforting and strengthening one another. If a small group does just that, maybe for spiritual content, use the questions we send out every week. If you so request them, we'll send them to you. And that goes over the sermon the Sunday prior. Uh, Then becomes like a little uh, Bible study in addition to the fellowship. And then encourage one another and pray. And that's it for the night or the day. In person, or you can play it safer and do it all by Zoom. So call our office and we can help set that all up for you. And and don't forget, there are other smaller community options that are meeting, uh, like the Alpha Course, or Rooted, or Just Show Up, or Men's Discipleship groups. Check the website. Everything we do in our church has to do about getting to Jesus, and all of our programs should be about getting closer to Jesus. And that's our criteria of whether a program or ministry should continue. Is it intentionally bringing the participants closer to Jesus and to one another? The community that counts is one that would be like the five friends. The community that counts is one that points us to Jesus. The community that counts is one that sacrifices for one another and spends time with one another. The community that counts is the one that is willing to rip a rooftop to get to Jesus. Amen? Amen. So let's pray. Lord, as a fellowship of believers, and there may be seekers too, Lord, we pray that we might understand more and more fully why we need to be with others on a regular basis to share our faith walk, to have strength for the journey, and that together, maybe metaphorically or or literally as a story, there is no ceiling on how great and tall our faith can be that we join up with others to rip away that roof to get to Jesus. And so, Lord, I pray for the people who are listening today that they might consider a a community to be with others, that they might call the church for that, but that, too, that they would desire to get closer to you. And for some people here, Lord, they might be thinking, wow, this is a time, maybe I better, I really want to, know this Jesus and make a commitment to knowing him and so Lord if there are people here who are listening, wherever they may be in Hawaii or beyond they're saying okay I'm gonna give it a try I wanna I wanna follow this Jesus and I wanna know his community but I wanna commit my life that if if this Jesus can forgive sins and and heal people I'm in and so if there's anybody here who's watching, who feels that, if they could just join me in a prayer that says, okay, Lord, sorry for what I've done, but I'm so thankful you forgive sins. And so please come into my life, and I wanna follow you. And Lord, if there are people who are saying that prayer right now, may they just silently say just basically sorry, and thank you, and please come on in, and I wanna follow you, may they say that prayer to you, Lord, right now. So thank you for this time. In Christ's name, amen. You know, if if by chance you did pray that prayer, there's a little button that comes up on your screen that says, commit my life to Christ, and you can just hit that button, and you're just saying, all right, I'm in. and um, And maybe somebody might contact you, don't worry, and just check in and just say, hey, do you want some prayer to kind of seal that decision? You know, basically, in the end, we just want to, the essence of our prayers in our life is like, just give me more of Jesus, just give me more, and I want to get to know him better, because to know him is really for the benefit of my life and the lives of others. And so, before my final benediction and blessing, let's sing this song together and sing it as much of much, as much heart as possible that like just I just pray that we could have more of Jesus in our lives and so I want to close uh, I want to say a blessing for you all I pray that may our Lord be with you in many ways may he bless you richly may his countenance fall upon you and may you be filled and know that in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit be filled with his his love and be filled with a desire to have fellowship with others and so i bless you with his name in christ's name amen
0: this is a great reminder to take inventory of our lives and make sure we are surrounded by a group of friends that would love you enough to lower you through the ceilings of your life if you want to hear this sermon again you can listen to and download this and other sermons from the first press website fpchawaii.org Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts Normally we meet Sundays at our Ko'olau campus or at the Vine in Kaka'ako but for now you can find the entire church service streamed online on the church website fpchawaii.org for our virtual church service, click the online church box at our regular church service times, Sunday mornings at 8, 9.30, and 11.11, and Sunday afternoon at 4 p.m. Be sure to check your email for links to sermons, church news and updates, daily devotionals, and details on our reopening. If you have any questions or needs at all, you can reach the church through the website or just call 808 808- 532-1111. For Pastor Dan Chun and the entire staff at First Pres, I'm Michael Shishido. Until next time, God bless you, stay safe, and thank you for listening. This sermon podcast is copyright 2020 and produced by the Media Ministry of First Presbyterian Church of Honolulu.